All Stars bring you the inside knowledge for your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. So we live life like a video. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy Show rolling on here on a Wednesday, Sports 1280. And we were on the air yesterday. We got the breaking news from the NFL that Mark Ingram had been suspended for the first four games of the regular season, a PED suspension. And today we've had some more tidbits coming out with this. And so to clear up a little bit of what's going on is our buddy Josh Katzenstein from NOLA.com. Let's uh, talk a little bit about this story. It comes out yesterday that Mark Ingram's agents, uh, or rather this morning, that Mark Ingram's agents are appealing his suspension. And then I saw what, just uh, about an hour later, you came out with the report that you were told Mark Ingram did not have an exemption for the substance which he tested positive for. Uh, what's the latest on, on the whole uh, ordeal with Mark Ingram and the appeal and everything else? Yeah, so his agents this morning uh, released a statement that uh, made it seem like, uh, I mean, it was confusing, but it made it seem like you know they were still in the appeal process and that uh, even though... Um, this was a drug that it said that this was a substance that um, players can receive an exemption for, but Ingram did not have an exemption for it. Um, now it's unclear, you know, whose fault that was that he didn't have that exemption, um, but certainly it sort of makes it a little bit clear why he changed agents this offseason because he failed this test uh, at the end of last season, and uh, you know he made the change in agents. I mean, I initially thought it was, you know, more, more related to his uh, contract year, but um, I mean, I, I do wonder if, you know, Mark thought that, uh, you know, maybe his former agent should have taken care of this exemption. But regardless, uh, the NFL, uh, after that statement came out, said that, you know, the appeal process is done. Basically, all Ingram's agents are waiting for is to see the full written explanation from the arbiter about, uh, um, uh, about why his appeal was denied. So he's going to be suspended for four games. Um, I don't know what action uh, Ingram and his representatives can take after that, um, you know, after the uh, reasoning comes out next week. But, uh, you know, he'll be gone for the first four games unless something unforeseen happens. So it sounds like the Saints kind of had an idea all this was going on, right? I mean, they, they did they have an idea weeks ago that, hey, he there's a chance he could be suspended for the start of the season? Uh, yeah, they've, they've been knowing, uh, for months. I mean, if, uh, you know, the, the statement from Ingram's agent said it was at the end of the 2017 season. So, um, certainly the Saints have been aware, um, you know, these suspensions typically take some time, uh, to get announced and, and it's especially slower, um, during, uh, the off season. So, uh, yeah, the Saints have known, um, but, uh, obviously they feel confident with the other running backs they have that, you know, they'll be able to, uh, sustain this loss. Well, that's what I was going to get to next, because Steve Weish had the report this morning that uh, the Saints have no plans to sign a veteran running back, and that was our initial thought here on the show yesterday. When we saw this coming out, we start running through it. We're like, okay, DeMarco Murray's out there. You know, What other running backs could they potentially bring in? But, I mean, now that we look back in hindsight and go, oh, well, they've known about this for weeks. We knew they drafted Boston Scott in the draft. We know they liked Trey Edmonds a lot last year, so I guess it's safe to say it feels like the Saints are just going to keep this in-house and roll with what they got to get through those first four weeks, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there could obviously be a situation, you know, where in training camp, you know, they don't like uh, the way some of these young guys are developing, but I mean, they do have some options behind Alvin Kamara, and, 
I mean, obviously, Kamara will get the bulk of the running back duties, but as you know, Chris, I mean, the Saints team typically operates with at least two, typically three, you know, running backs, you know, having different roles. So uh, whether it's Boston Scott, a guy who, I mean, the fact that the Saints drafted him in the sixth round to me says uh, just how highly they think of him because, I mean, they've had so much success with undrafted running backs like Chris Ivory or Pierre Thomas that I think, you know, they probably would have been able to find someone, but they obviously decided to take a chance on Boston Scott in the sixth round. So I think there's a chance he'll contribute. Um, you mentioned Edmonds. Uh, Jonathan Williams is another guy they uh, brought in last year. Uh, he was he had a little bit of experience with the Bills, um, but he didn't you know see any game action last year just because the Saints didn't need him. So he's a guy I would think that certainly has a chance to earn a role, uh, you know, pretty quickly this season. What did you make of Rappaport's report saying that the Saints, this is, I guess, why the Saints weren't going or weren't shopping him? It doesn't feel like, I mean, at least just for me, that a team that has Super Bowl aspirations would have been shopping a player that's very affordable for one more season. So my initial read on that is, you know, I think I think Ingram has been asking for a new contract just because, a, the success he's had, B, you know, he's going into the final year of his deal. And I think, you know, that's sort of not how the Saints like to operate. I mean, they, I mean they've shown that, you know, if, if a guy is thriving, that they typically can take care of him. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to trade him, you know, while his, uh, while his stock is so high. The problem is, you know, even if they wanted to try to trade him, you know, it's really hard to, to to move a guy who's got a four game suspension, and it's not like the Saints would have been the only one that knew about that. I mean, obviously, all the other teams did. So, uh, even if you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's potentially, I mean, it's possible that they were upset, you know, about, uh, about him coming to them with the contract stuff. But ultimately, you know, that was a confusing uh, report, but uh, you know, one that sort of, I mean, doesn't really matter now. Talk with Josh Katzenstein, dot com. So. Uh, back to the running back depth, Josh. Uh, I mean, we talked about Trey Edmonds. I think the in, he was the surprise uh, coming out of training camp, right? I mean, everybody was when they cut down to the fifty-three, and we all went, "Hey, Trey Edmonds made the team." Okay, that's interesting. We saw him a little bit in that Buffalo game where they got out to such a big lead and they were blowing him out, and both Ingram and Kamara were over a hundred yards rushing. So they said, "All right, Edmonds, you get out there and, and do something." But I thought it was a little telling later in the year when they were in Atlanta. When Kamara got hit in the head early in the game, and he leaves in the concussion protocol, and then Mark Ingram gets banged up a little bit later in the game, what do the Saints do? They go empty backfield. I mean, they didn't even put another running back out there. I thought that was a little telling because it felt to me like, oh, well, they must not trust anybody else. Is that the vibe you got, or maybe that was just a circumstance of that game? A little bit of both. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, I think they definitely weren't ready to give Trey Edmonds, you know, more touches in, in a significant game like that. I mean, you even look at um, what they did after Camaro went down was uh, they actually had Tommy Lee Lewis run a few uh, routes <laughs> that, you know, were made for Camara. So I think, you know, that was obviously they were just adjusting on the fly, but uh, certainly, um, you know, they hadn't seen enough of Edmonds and they hadn't seen him on offense at all outside of a Buffalo game. So without seeing what he can do, you know, when it actually really matters, I just don't think they were ready to trust him. But obviously he'll get a lot more opportunities uh, during the preseason and training camp this year to, to prove that he's, uh, you know, worthy of, of of that trust. Saints have had great success, like you mentioned. I mean, I remember 
uh, for anybody from from Chris Ivory to Kyrie Robinson to even what two years ago Tim Hightower. I mean, they found guys who could come in and play that second or third string uh, running back role. But I, the question for for this team, and I guess it'll be a, a question of training camp, is you know we saw the the offensive output. I mean, Kamara was kind of getting more touches and being a little bit more involved down the stretch of last season than Ingram. Is that a sign that maybe they do think Kamara? I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. I guess the word feature back isn't even a thing in the NFL anymore. I mean, very few guys other than, what, Todd Gurley and a couple of guys really get those 20, 20-plus carries a game. But is Kamara a guy they think can just can be that, uh, can carry that workload for him if need be? Yeah, I definitely think that he can. Um, and I think that they think that, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> that would be actually one reason to you know, that explains why they wouldn't have wanted to take care of Mark Ingram's contract this year is because, you know, beyond 2018, I think they're thinking that Kamara is going to be the guy. And, you know, now they'll get a, a chance to see what he can do without Mark Ingram, you know, sharing that time. Uh, so I, I know a lot of people, when Kamara came out, they just thought, you know, he was sort of this, uh, you know, this gadget player, you know, more so a receiver than a runner. But, I mean, I think we all saw last year how effective he can be as a runner between the tackles. I mean, he can break through hits. I mean, I, I thought his most impressive play last year, even more so than any of the hurdles, was when he scored that touchdown on fourth and one against uh, against the Panthers, and he absorbed like contact from a couple of players, including a really hard hit from Shaq Thompson. Uh, so, I mean, he's got. I mean, he's he's a much more powerful player than people give him credit for. So, I certainly think you know the Saints are ready to give him the ball a lot. It's just a question of you know whether they're ready to sort of uh, alter the offense just. You know, because for so many years they've split time with running backs. So, you know, whether Kamara gets 20 carries or not, you know, I'm just curious to see, you know, if he's splitting time, you know, whether it's just 10% of the time or, you know, if they try to get a guy in there who gets like 30% of the touches. Josh com. Last thing for you, Josh. You know, the Saints start up their rookie minicamp this weekend. I think there's some interesting names to watch, right? I mean, I, I liked them bringing in JT Barrett and actually not, not even like a rookie invite. They signed him to a three-year deal. I think it's interesting to see him. I think Will Clapp, a lot of folks locally will want to, will be interested in what he does. Uh, the rookie wide receiver, Trey Quant Smith. Uh, and then the one to watch that I keep hearing more and more things about is the Western Kentucky tight end, Dion Yelder. Uh, is there one guy that stands out above most that, that is, you know, going to catch your eye this weekend? I mean, obviously Marcus Davenport, a lot of folks will be watching. Yeah. Well, we don't ha- have access to the practice, unfortunately, but, uh, certainly, you know, Davenport's number one on my list. But yeah, I think Yelder is another guy who, you know, uh, we should keep an eye on just because, you know, the, the need the Saints have at tight end and the fact that they gave him a $90,000 in total, they guaranteed him $90,000 between a signing bonus and guaranteed money on his uh, undrafted rookie deal, which is a lot for an undrafted rookie. So, you know, they were obviously targeting him really highly um, and wanted to make sure that they didn't miss out on him. So I think there's certainly a chance that he could make the roster. Um, I mean, there's a few other, you know, undrafted players that I think will have a chance. Any defensive tackle is a guy I think could have a shot at a role, but uh, certainly Yelder. Um, I mean, he's, he's really only got like one year of, you know, really impressive productivity, but obviously the Saints, you know, have no problem teaching up, uh, an inexperienced tight end. He is Josh Katzenstein. Check his stuff out at NOLA.com and follow him on Twitter at Jay Katzenstein. Josh, thanks for the time, man. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks a lot. Josh Katzenstein. 
nola.com. Scarborough, last break of the show. We'll come back. One more segment to go.